0: Welcome to Kindreds, a podcast for soul
1: sisters. I'm Ashley Peterson. And I'm Katie Zay. We're kindred spirits talking all things faith, feminism, and friendship from our homes in the South. Welcome to Kindreds Picks,
0: our short mini episodes where we share anything we didn't get to on the podcast.
1: Katie, you are up first. Okay, so I'm going to do something a little bit different today, and actually it will be maybe a sample of what we're going to be talking about in our next full episode about grief. Mm -hmm. But I've been learning about this concept of grief that I had never heard before, and I think that it might offer all of us a way to talk about something that we maybe have experienced but didn't have words for. And that is a term called disenfranchised grief. Have you heard of this term, Ashley?
0: I think you've mentioned it to me before, maybe in our conversations on Marco Polo, but I am not sure and I would love to hear more.
1: Yeah, I really hope that it gets out into the public more. I think it's mostly been used among practitioners. But disenfranchised grief is grief that is not openly acknowledged, socially accepted, or publicly mourned. So I'll give you an example. Let's say there's a married couple, they get a divorce, and then one of the partners dies. So that spouse, the ex-spouse doesn't feel like they can necessarily participate in the mourning or grieving of that person who died Oh. because society doesn't accept that a person who could grieve could grieve someone that they divorced. Mm. So mm-hmm. then, then that grief isn't expressed in the ways that people need to to process it. And then that mm-hmm. repression turns into other kinds of problems. And there could be so many different kinds of disenfranchised grief, like, Losing a pet is one Mm -hmm. Um, like people don't necessarily see that as a big deal. And so people feel like their grief isn't acknowledged or um, miscarriage, miscarriage. Exactly. Lots and lots of things. Um, Or sometimes the person themselves are not seen as having a legitimate grief process like children or Mm -hmm. really old people. So it's this really helpful concept that I'm using for my book, but it's also been helpful as I've been talking to friends and loved Mm -hmm. ones who are Mm -hmm. mourning all kinds of losses right now in this moment of COVID-19. And I think because there's so much suffering going on, lots of people feel like they're not allowed to be sad about the disruptions to their lives, which are sometimes really major losses, like being furloughed um, or having major celebrations canceled. We talked about that a couple episodes back. So I was talking with a colleague the other day who's long awaited trip to Europe got cancelled, and who doesn't have a lot of job security and i could I could sense how just uncomfortable they were with even sharing that, like yeah, with everything else going on in the world, you know sort of the frame, and so I said yeah. to her, just because there's a lot of suffering going on in the world doesn't mean that your disappointments and your fears aren't real, that you're you're experiencing grief around them, so I just thought that that might be a helpful concept to share. For you, if you're feeling like you have grief that you're not allowed to express, but also how other people might be experiencing grief that might not fit into our very narrow categories right now. I guess it's a call to compassion. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Because we're all being impacted in this moment. We've all lost some things and it's normal and healthy to grieve. And our society isn't great at holding grief in general, even when it's like, quote unquote, allowed. Right. Right. So, we're not set up to hold this collective grief that we're going through. So, if you're feeling like your losses aren't that big of a of a deal, I'd invite you to just spend some time honoring them for what they are and how real they are to you and how essential that is in just moving through this time and I'll offer this. If you feel like you can't say it's anyone in your life, you can send it up to us in an email at team at kindredspodcast.com and we'll, we'll hold that grief with you because yes. we all need to be kind to ourselves, friends, because this is really, really, really hard. So disenfranchised grief, if that's something you want to look up, there's great articles online. We'll link to some in the show notes and maybe it'll help put words to something that you're feeling, but you didn't know how to talk about it. Thank you for that. That
0: is so interesting. And I can't wait to dig into just all of the different layers and aspects of grief in our next episode. We have not recorded that yet. So um, this gives us a lot of things to to think about. So I'm going to share my pick. I love a good advice column. I'm going to share one of my all-time favorite websites, CaptainAwkward.com. Have you,
1: are you familiar with Captain Awkward? I've heard of it, maybe from you. I don't know that I've read much of it. I love it so much. (laughs) Captain
0: Awkward is an internet advice column started by Jennifer Pepas in 2011 that has grown into a huge readership where some of the readers even organize local in-person meetings and get together. Like it's a dedicated fan base.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Jennifer Pepis is a Chicago based writer, filmmaker and educator. And as Captain Awkward, she is a truly excellent advice giver. What I love about Captain Awkward's advice is that it feels like it's for real complex people. And a lot of it focuses on concepts that are easily easy to actually apply in real life. So, for instance, if someone writes in asking a question about a difficult relationship, she'll respond with advice about boundary setting, complete with scripts for what to say, and how to navigate a tough conversation about boundaries with somebody. Yeah. So it's not just like kind of – Some advice columns can be a little bit offhand or Mm -hmm. I I don't know, maybe tone deaf or maybe they don't always get at the heart of the question, even if Mm -hmm. they give advice, you know, and hers is, is totally the opposite of that. And she has been knocking it out of the park lately during the pandemic Mm -hmm. with posts featuring advice to letter writers who are asking for help with issues ranging from how to be a good housemate during quarantine, how to have good teacher-student boundaries Mm. now that classrooms are virtual and we're all constantly online and available, to how to set boundaries and say no to pressure to ignore social distancing and safety guidelines, which is something we might all be able to relate to, folks in our lives who think it's no big deal and want us to just come over and come to their barbecue. Like, how do you say no And so uh, she's got scripts for that. It's great. Nice. Yeah. My absolute favorite piece during this time has been one. I think it came out last week. It's called, How Do I Set Goals If I Don't Want Anything?
1: Oh, that's good.
0: And in her advice to this letter writer – who is asking for help setting long-term career goals during this crisis. Like, they're getting pressure from their therapist and some people in their lives to, like, be be thinking about the big picture and set the long-term goals. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I don't want anything. I don't know how to set goals right now. In her advice, her answer is just so complex and layered that I want to read this excerpt from her response because it just hit me in such a good place and i it echoes so much of what we talk about on this show so here we go If you're feeling disconnected and useless and unsure of what your purpose should be right now, you're not alone. And it's possibly because a lot of the messages you were given about how to be safe and good and happy only worked if you cultivated a habit of tuning out the suffering of people who made your comfort possible and mentally reframed a history of institutional and systemic failures into individual inadequacies. If this is so, you didn't do it all by yourself. Your family who wanted you to succeed, your schooling, your workplace, and your media all taught you that this was the right way to be and were very ready and willing to help you maintain that tuning out habit. And any time you turned your attention toward the project of correcting injustice in the world or thinking about systems, chances are someone quickly stepped in to tell you that you were overreacting and wouldn't you be more comfortable over here buying things and honing yourself into the perfect fit for the right career? Then when you ran into trouble, everybody told you to look within yourself for the answers and work on yourself, so you did. But here you still are because it turns out that inside the letter writer's self, isn't the only place that problems live. And because the pacts that promised a certain amount of success and security in return for perfecting the perfect economic unit self are breaking down much faster and more obviously than usual and breaking down for groups of people who had previously marked themselves safe Mm -hmm. from the whims of politics in a way that is new and stressful for us. We lucky ones who are able to work from home are in a place that we cannot goal set and self-improve our way out of. And the people who are dying in meat plants are not cautionary tales of insufficient self-actualization who just need some therapy and some goals. If goals must be set, what if we behaved as if our fates were connected to theirs? Hmm. They are connected, but what if we actually behaved as if that were true? What would have to change? What would we have to do? Oh, I encourage everyone to go read this post on CaptainAwkward.com, it's called How Do I Set Goals If I Don't Want Anything? And while you're there, dig through her archives. There is so much good and valuable stuff
1: there. Ooh, that was a truth bomb right there. I know. <laughs> She's so good. <laughs> I feel like it's a much better stated version of that article that was circulating on Medium or something about like the consumerism that they're going to try to make us – to draw us back into this yeah. feels like an even better yeah. version of that <laughs> yeah if you know yeah. what i'm talking about if not just read captain awkward
0: <laughs> we're not going to shop our way out of this crisis like we did
1: 9-11 oh <laughs> it's just exactly exactly yeah. oh that's so good wow we went deep today with the kindred's picks we did we really it's did good. i hope people are, are good. okay it's with real. that yeah. So with that, that we're going to close our Kindred's Picks for the for this episode and look out for our next full-length episode on grief and loss. Talk to you then. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening. You can
0: find us on our website, kindredspodcast.com. That's Kindred's with an S. Or you can send us an email at team at kindredspodcast.com.
1: You can also follow me, Katie, on Twitter at Katie Zay. That's Katie with an E-Y-Z-E-H. Please send us your thoughts, ideas, and questions. We'd love to hear from you.